I'm Tandy Culpepper. In this episode of The Hollywood Beat, I'm talking to a woman who wrote a novel about a menopausal vampire named Veronica. The book is called Forever 51, and the author is Pamela Schultzvig. When I tell people about the concept of a menopausal vampire, they just hoot. How did you come up with that idea for Forever 51? A conversation with my son who was in the fifth grade and he was like, what do you think would happen if like a vampire went to a tanning salon? Because they didn't like being pasty. I'm like, I don't know. But then it got me thinking, um, I don't know, maybe because I was perimenopausal, like, and I'm pasty, like what would happen if I went to a tanning salon and I was a vampire? Um, would that be a good experience? And that was kind of the little starting point. And I your, wrote the opening scene. Your fifth grade uh, son? Uh, yes. Asked that question. Yeah. So that was the colonel. That was the colonel and you know, and I'd heard, oh, nobody wants to read a book about vampires. They're totally, you know, but I just couldn't help myself. It was oh, vampires are never passe. <laughs> they were for a while. It was like no literary agent wanted to look at a book about vampires. It was like, yes, yeah, send us your, you know, fiction, but no vampires. So, you know, I, I think I'm really used to writing things that nobody's interested in um, initially. Um, because menopause is a taboo subject in American but, culture. But wait, wait, wait. How did you come up with the idea that she would not only be a vampire, but be a menopausal vampire? Your fifth um, grader probably doesn't know what menopause no. is. <laughs> that was all me. That was, you know, because we've all seen the vampire stories, you know, eternal youth and beauty and... Um, never aging and I'm like well what if this poor woman was turned at the most unfortunate age <laughs> that a woman can be turned which is at 51 which is the average age that women in the world turn you know that's when menopause starts and I'm like what would that be like if you had to be stuck in the body of a 51 year old forever and experience hot flashes and like rage I mean, it's it's real, Tandy. It is real. <laughs> Ask any menopausal woman; she'll tell you. Uh, I don't think so. I think they might lash out at me. <laughs> no, oh. talk about menopause. I think yeah. every woman is dying for someone to go. So, how's your perimenopause menopausal journey going? <laughs> um, Veronica. I love the name, the vampire Veronica. Was that a coincidence? No, no. Um, I don't even know where. <laughs> I don't know any Veronicas. I don't know. I don't know. Well, Maybe there was, was Archie and Veronica, yeah. the uh, the uh, cartoon. Um, so you came up with all these characters in there. She has a daughter. Mm -hmm. um, how how did you people this book? Well, I wanted to, I mean, the whole concept of the, of the book is that Veronica um, learns from her daughter, who she's been estranged from for many years, that she can become mortal again 
but she's going to have to make amends to all of the people that she's turned into vampires throughout the years. And so I, I wanted to populate the book with uh, a big variety of people like, you know, the first person she turns, she does it out of desperation and wanting to cling to somebody that she could love for, you know, eternity, you know, and then, um, you know, turning someone out of rage, you know, because she wanted to punish them, turning somebody, you know, because they but was they were a friend and she wanted to save them because they were dying of cancer. So all these people have different reasons, you know, she has, all these people are very different and the reason she turned them, it's, it's all different. She doesn't like doing it um, because she doesn't like that she's a vampire. She doesn't enjoy it. I'll just say that. She's ethical though. She works in a blood bank. No, she does not work at Ingrid. Her daughter works at a blood bank. Oh, okay. Veronica is a hospice nurse. So she, that's how she feeds herself is people who are at the end of their lives and they want to die quicker and she will put them to death in an ethical kind up the morphine and then drain them of their blood. So everybody gets what they want. (laughs) It's very transactional. Yeah. And, um, but then there's complications, of course, you know. She has a husband or ex-husband or I can't remember. She has a husband, um, Frank, who is... um, Is he mortal? He is mortal. And um, she she attends AA. That's how she met her husband, um, Alcoholics Anonymous, um, because she tries to remain ethical with how she gets her blood. But when she slips and she goes to AA to prevent herself from slipping and just killing someone out of rage. So um, she attends AA meetings and... So her husband is also a member of AA. You were recently in Los Angeles and met with an agent who is representing you um, for um, adaptation for television or film. Her name is Debbie. Dubelhill. I think that's how it's pronounced. Um, And you met her how? Um, When the book came out i mean the book came out at a very unfortunate time it came out in november of 2020 we were all you know experiencing the The isolation of the pandemic and and my mother had died october 21st and the book came out november 5th so at the time i was i was just not ready to do anything and um so a book tour was out of the question then because of the right there was no book tour and actually um actually because of i had my um my book release party i had it um it had to be outside at a local bookshop and i had a blood bus you know where they do where you can donate blood through carter blood care and then I wrote a press release about that event, you know, 
come donate some blood <laughs> and celebrate Forever 51. Um, and that press release got me into the Washington Post and an interview. What? Yeah. So that was really exciting because I was How like, did I got that happen. Um, uh, you know, the press release went out and I got a call from the Washington Post and they wanted to interview me about the event. And then it turned into, you know, something different when we discussed what had just happened with my mom and my stepdad who just had passed from COVID. And so long story short, I think a couple of days after the book came out, I, um, the publisher called me and said, there is an agent who is interested in um, talking to you about film, TV, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, uh, okay. Um, you know, I, I <laughs> just, my headspace was in a weird place at the time. Um, but I talked to her and uh, she seemed really psyched about the book, you know, thought that you know, a lot of actresses who were getting a little long in the tooth, you know, 50s, <laughs> which is not 50s, it's fabulous, um, would be interested in playing this role because it is a very interesting role. And uh, so I guess this Debbie puts together um, it isn't just selling, you know, optioning it for a film or television. She puts together the whole package with the showrunner and the producer and and finds the actress, the, the actress and the network and all that. And, you know, I know nothing about Hollywood. Um, be nice, you know, to see it on TV. Um, I have had something I wrote a short little script that was produced by a local college many years ago, and it was fun to hear, you know, actors saying your words. Dialogue. Yeah, it's really pretty cool. So, so you're in the sequel, mm -hmm. and where does Veronica go from here? Well, so the sequel is called Wasted on the Young, and spoiler alert at the end of forever 51 um veronica's companion who she kind of takes under her arm really because she needs her blood as they're taking this quest to find all the people that she turned into vampires um her name is jenny and jenny gets turned at the end of the book into a vampire jenny's dad is running for uh president he's um from texas and um, so Jenny <laughs> in the book is in waste on the young, uh, she's kind of held hostage by the CIA, CIA because they don't want her to mess up her father's presidential possibilities and she's a troublemaker. So, um, it's kind of her journey, um, to, she has a lot of anger and she was an addict and she is just trying to um, make peace with her past and become mortal again because she definitely doesn't like being a vampire and she goes back and needs the assistance of Veronica who's living a very sedentary life and is bored by it. Yeah, be careful what you wish for. Yep.
So you intend this as a three book series? Yes. Yes. <laughs> do, you, do you have an idea where you'll be going in the third book? Yes, because, well, that's when it's going to get weird is because. Oh, um, wait, <laughs> you've got a menopause <laughs> of vampire and that's when it's going to get weird. Yes. Um, well, you have to, Jenny has to get Kevin Black's heart. That's the only way she can become mortal again. It's, so that's what's going to happen in book three is it's going to be this quest to obtain that heart so she can become mortal. Um, but first in book two, Jenny has to deal with the demons of her past, um, which include uh, she was molested by a Baptist youth minister. And of course. Yeah, so she wants to confront him and on the way she, you know, she decides to target sex offenders. That's how she gets her blood and justifies it. I like that. Yeah, she becomes like a vigilante. That. What should we have talked about that we didn't touch on that you might want to uh, share? Is there anything? No, just that, um, you know, anybody out there who wants to be a writer, I suggest you just do it because everybody has a story in them. Um, I encourage you, Andy, to um, get your book out there. It's um, it's important. Stories are important. That's how we make sense of our lives and both nonfiction and fiction. And they're important. And it's important to see ourselves reflected in media, whether you're a menopausal vampire or a gay man or whatever. We need, it's important that we see ourselves. So thank you, Pamela Schultzvik, for joining me on the Hollywood Beat today. Thanks for I having appreciate me. It.